Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Go to tacticalpermaculture.com for more info. I'm pleasantly surprised to add this introductory update uh, that clarifies uh, something further into this episode, which is that uh, there's something to celebrate. Major progress has apparently been made in order to allow for veterans to access cannabis in the states where medicinal cannabis is uh, available. Um, I'm not going to enumerate all of the mechanics of that legislation. However, um, I'm very excited and it does seem very timely that this topic came up for me. And so I will give credit where it's due for all the people who did all of the hard work to make to to get the ball down the field, as it were, with this issue. And I'm going to be there uh, in in any way that I can uh, to support this this revolution and this uh, victory and uh, and in the drug war, this battle won in the drug war that brings us closer to drug peace. So please enjoy the rest of the episode, and all of this will make sense as you listen on. Cheers. It's June twenty sixth, twenty twenty three, episode sixty six. And I'm returning to a topic that I I spoke about in a previous episode. This very personal sentiment that I have based on experience that um, a powerful form of uh, initiation into what you might call a warrior mindset or the discipline of a evolving masculine mastery of uh, inner power and strength and and will and resolve that a profound oversight or an egregious oversight by the establishment cult of training of warriors where there is a selection process that attempts to weed out the weak um, I believe there's an interesting potentially applicable risk mitigating and certainly injury mitigating pathway for no pun intended, weeding out the weak with cannabis ceremony 
as a as a rite of passage and as a a part of a part of the selection process that is not so much about physical endurance although that can be that can be certainly integrated but more so about what it the quality of character the quality of resolve the quality of certainly bravery in the face of adversity in the face of fear and panic that there's actually a natural substance that will almost invariably or very reliably create for any aspirant who dares to approach its gates of power that the experience of ganja cannabis if you will as a dietary supplement more so than as a smokable or vapable substance at least in my experience and from my anecdotal studies and my reading of the literature which is not exhaustive by any means but my understanding i think the colloquial understanding the folkloric understanding is that edible cannabis is is a rite of passage and it is a and it is an extreme ordeal and in this space that i've created to explore the edges between the warrior spirit i.e. the tactical the word tactical because it seems to just have in the zeitgeist captured the it's the word that has has sort of professionalized and modernized that samurai or that ninja or that soldier or that street fighter all everything now in terms of the marketability and the professional sheen on that uh on on all of those different ways to express the the uh the moderation and the and the i mean strategy strategy and tactics that's a whole other conversation but without tactics then you just have violence with no with no effective 
with no effective purpose, with no effective application. And we're seeing that, of course, all over the world, where supposed it's supposed to be tactical, but what what ends up happening is neither tactical nor strategic. But ostensibly, if you're a professional warrior, you wouldn't you would avoid untactical violence, so that you could you could be successful at a mission that was both. It was plans, planned as part of a, stra- a broader strategy and that the tactics were appropriate in order to be as efficient and as effective as possible and for you to survive and not be apprehended or compromised or injured or killed. So that's, or it's a refinement, a tactical, a tactical... Just getting into the philosophy of that term, yes, that's the term that I chose, the term that came to me in my life journey as I was doing tactical training with professional tactical trainers who trained, who were comprised of some of the best in the world and who trained some of the best in the world. And I will not say exactly what organization I did train with, where the term and the concept of tactical permaculture was born. I've, I've mentioned it in the past, but I'm, I'm not going to say exactly the organization that that was with, they are legal and they are an American organization. So it wasn't like I was uh, doing something I I, I wasn't, I, I shouldn't have been doing and that the State Department wasn't aware of in some other country. No, it's nothing like that. No homegrown extremists uh, that didn't have fully uh, legitimized um, tax paying business uh, corporate entities or LLCs, whatever, whatever it was. I don't know exactly what format they were they were in, but they were conducting legitimate above ground, above board business. And one of their employees and I, he was the tactical guy, and I was the permaculture guy. And we were going, we were beginning to sit down and looking at designing tactical permaculture design course site designs, where the permaculture design course and the tactical training course would become a hybrid and become one. Everything flows from that original um, conceptual design that that was born in 2012, early 2013 era. And it was shelved. I guess partially I've been living that to various degrees, but it didn't come back. I didn't uh, revivify that concept until sometime last year. And then this year I've really decided to take it forward because of the changing geopolitical situation in the world. It felt like it's the time to um, do, to to green the um, the war effort as it were because we're not likely to to ratchet down from this point so part of that greening the war effort tactical permaculture you know I'm full of all of these bumper stickers but I do believe that it's my lane and it's my purpose and it's my mission not it's my mission to 
operate as though the input and the insight from the ecological movement and all of the the big tent that it is, the ecological science, ecological activism, ecological economics, the ecological movement that has come to fruition in the interim between World War II and now the onset of World War III. I say that uh, with total clarity, that there has been this development alongside all of the military-industrial complexes, developments of drone warfare and now lasers and hypersonic missiles and disinformation, social media, cyber warfare, all of those, all those developments. Um, alongside that, there has been this ecological movement that has developed, and it has been a, I would say, peacetime or Cold War and peacetime global movement that probably only ever conceived of itself as an outgrowth of and a manifestation of and in furtherance of the peace movement to end war. But there are those within the ecological movement who still do, who are contracted by the militaries of the world to do at the very least environmental impact assessments of what people what they're doing on bases, the chemicals that they're using, how they dispose of them. So unfortunately, the ecological movement in a military context has often mostly just been a cover your ass, try to avoid major lawsuits and liabilities and try to squeeze through and past the regulations as best as possible with things like getting away with having environmentally egregious diesel uh, uh, emission standards. I mean, there's so many ways in which the military is, uh, is to my knowledge and my studies, um, just able to get away with murder ecologically in terms of what's done to the land, both in in combat and in, 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 in on bases and in training. Um, so there's there's the ecological movements application to the military in terms of cleanup and maybe a little bit of environmental health um, but in terms of tactical application of ecological movement or the ecological movement I wouldn't consider biological warfare ecological if it's out of a ecosystemic context and so I'm not even going to make any comments on that I, I would just want to acknowledge that yes there's biology involved but I but I but biology does not equal ecology biology is I mean I think that's a, a fair and clear statement to make you can you can be very reckless and very harmful in, in in biology without an ecological ethic and mindset and understanding of systems thinking and how things affect each other. Nature finds a way, if you know what I mean. <laughs> if you know where that reference is from, nature finds a way. So think ecologically, think in terms of systems, don't think 
in reductionistic terms of, ooh, look how powerful I could be with this one isolated element inside of a system. That's, that's not, that's not uh, adequate thinking. So tactical application of the fruits of the ecological movement Yes, there were Vietnam volunteers and conscripts who were smoking ganja out of shotgun pipes and uh, generally finding ways to kill the boredom between engagements and contact with, with Charlie. that was the thing and it was caricaturized in western media and I I think I mean I wasn't there I don't have a lot of personal experience with um, really being transmitted a lot of wisdom and knowledge from from veterans it's just been an an ambiance that has percolated through the media and obviously through contact with people throughout my life who have, who were Vietnam veterans. And as far as I know, it's possible that my father was, but I don't know much about him. Needless to say, it's all secondhand knowledge. So I don't speak for them. I don't know. I'm not going to say that I have a very informed opinion about a informed opinion, a form informed perspective, nor opinion or opinions about about whether or not being stoned made you a a a, a better or a worse shot, marks per, marksman, marksperson, or if it made you more conscious and aware, and that and that the 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 studies they did about the soldiers who would fire above the enemy because they weren't ready to take a life, maybe the ganja had something to do with that. I don't know if it made if, if it made for more efficient killing or more compassionate uh, disobedience of direct orders and led to more fragging or going AWOL. I don't I don't know. I would love to I would love to I'm sure the research I'm sure there is very solid research and it will be an exquisite joy to discover work that works that have been done that that um that really focus on an exploration anthropological or or more or medical or what all of the different all of the all of the works that have been done in the name of understanding the role that that uh that cannabis has played at least in the in all of its different the all the different roles that that cannabis has played at least within the US the history of the US military and and the service people i'm sure that work has been I'm sure there's been lots of works and and if I if if my dreams come true then I will be I will be very well versed in a lot of that 
and a lot of that literature, a lot more of that literature. I have met members of organizations that are veteran-run organizations that are doing activists as wounded, disabled veterans who are trying to fight for their right to, to, to access cannabis despite restrictions that I'm not fully aware of the current state of affairs, of veteran affairs, um, prohibition on cannabis. Um, but I believe there is still a lot to be desired and it is still a long way from where it needs to be, even if progress has been made since it was since it was a few years ago when I had when I when I did meet with some of those folks, um, but I was very moved by what they had to say to me, and I would say that they were veterans of recent wars, and they were a very tight knit group, and they were at a booth, at a, a a cannabis farmers market in the San Diego area, and and I felt like they were they had a magazine and 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 I was really moved by them. There was a gravitas, and a sense that. I'm a civilian. I don't know what I can do. I'm just, you know, trying to survive and get by one day at a time, make ends meet, just barely barely getting by. But I didn't have this existential threat looming over me that if I were to be caught with cannabis in my piss or blood, then I would lose my veteran benefits and then have to suffer an agonizing pain with whatever shrapnel or damaged or missing limb prosthesis treatments that could be denied. They were telling me some horrific things about what consequences lay, uh, laid before them. And uh, that if, if, if we are still in that barbaric state of affairs, then we have, we could, we could almost not be further away from where we should be, which is what I'm going to say is where you get back to an ecological movement, informed tactical permaculture, where discover ways in which cannabis can be instrumental in, in weeding out the weak in the induction process, rather than grinding their bones into a powder with very poorly seemingly very poorly designed uh, ergonomics of equipment and the the way that well the way that permaculturists are trained to think is with ethics and science and so <laughs> science says a lot of military uh, selection processes basically make it very sacrificial to where I assume it's the case that once you sign your your civilianship away and you become a a service member on paper that, that from that point forward if you get injured in any facility or any activities whether it's training or a job assignment outside of the a theater of war or being deployed to combat that once you sign yourself over and you're in there 
domain barring some sort of gross negligence on your negligence on your part i believe that basically that guarantees you some form of some might call it uh meager but some form of almost socialistic um uh health insurance for the rest of your life just because you signed that paper which you know i would hope that we would have a more evolved uh, system of uh, of medicine, but I, I, I don't. <laughs> I'm not a policymaker. I'm not going to try to say I know how that would work, or how, what that looks like. Um, I'll trust the experts on that. But I am. I I, I do believe that uh, that we need some some reform there at least, at the very least. But interestingly enough. What my understanding is that you join the military and you and you the reason that they're able to chew you up and spit you out so remorselessly in this sort of pill mill of I don't want to be conspiracy I don't want to sound like I got a tinfoil hat on but but as far as I know a lot of the VA budget is going into pharmaceutical drugs that maybe are doing more harm than good just maybe just maybe and. Uh, Maybe doing a lot of liver damage and maybe even really exacerbating PTSD and and just um, between the the uppers and the downers and the the psych meds. Um, I know that we could be doing a lot better if if the ecological movement and all of and all of uh, me and my fellow ecological movement folks, we have a lot of experience with plant medicine, and it's no surprise that there is a a synergy and a a natural uh, we, we're natural allies. The the, the PTSD disabled veterans physically and and psychologically physically disabled and psychologically damaged PTSD surviving surviving veterans and all of us civilians who dedicated ourselves to defending the earth at home and abroad holding down the fort as it were and not being not fighting overseas for questionable agendas um, is one way to put it. But I don't want to, I don't want to undermine all of that. But I don't want to endorse it all either. But that doesn't really matter how I feel feel or think about it. The fact is, we have a lot of a lot. We have so much work to do on our own in our own country. The idea of Doing anything other than healing ourselves as a nation before engaging in for, forever wars abroad, I, I I'm I I always felt that way, and I'm invigorated by the veterans of the global war on terror who are now also saying that after they come back and they've got and they're shell shocked, and the the VA pill mill won't let them use any form of cannabis. And the V8 pill mill will not use them any schedule one, let them use any schedule one entheogens. And um, so, yeah, 
the 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 warriors of the global war on terror have brought the war the, the war home and now they're fighting on my side of the drug war go figure <laughs> so how do you get more buy-in if they don't care that it's a that you that it's a a cleaner greener solution for pain management and for for psychological um, suffering to be alleviated if they don't care about the right of the bang as it were maybe they care about left of the bang and that's where I want to get into the tactical application of medicines like ganja because if the military industrial complex can become the military horticultural complex, okay? Then there will be a, wait for it, a higher standard for the new recruits. And I think before you discover that an individual's skeletal structure is not within a certain range of, of data points to carry a rucksack and to do ruck runs and to go through a certain qualification courses that rather than discovering that as a result of people being crippled for life, if there could be other less, less crippling ways to determine the suitability and the, the load capacity of an individual's skeletal, mu skeletal muscular, or muscular, however that's said in terms of, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to teach an anatomy class, but the, the frame of an individual and what they're well suited to carry, for there to be some nuance to that, I don't know, I think that makes a lot of sense, but if, but if, it, but if you have, all of the taxpayers' budget to just put people into the pill mill after you crush their bones to discover what you could have found out by screening them earlier and say, e either we use you for missions where where you're the, the little guy and you go into those little places and that's what you're good for and so you get to be a part of the team for that reason. But I don't know all the ins and outs. All I know is that uh, I've, heard, I've heard some of my mentors that are former uh, former uh, Green Berets say that it was very at least unfair that that they would be given the same sized pack to to jump out of an airplane with as somebody almost twice their their size in terms of body mass just so they could uh, they would be loaded up more so that they would drop at the same rate and uh the the damage that was done to their their knees and their their back and their neck because of things like that anyway that's mm. 
that's what happens in the absence of the ethic of people care. So yeah, tactical permaculture would change the change the way that 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 we fight wars and change the way that we write the international laws and conventions of war and what are war crimes i mean can it be a war crime the way that you train your soldier is it a war crime to crush the bones of a a young teenager uh, applicant um well that's being litigated right now because people continue to die in training and and there's enough visibility on it now and there's enough um, pushback probably only due to social media of all things to where I don't want to think of it as a softening and a weakening to think about redesigning this I want to think about it as a and, and I wouldn't I wouldn't want um, I wouldn't want the the drill sergeants and all the different instructors to be afraid to do what they know they've got to do in order to weed out the weak because you you have I mean there would have to only be the people who are capable of executing the mission without hesitation on the mission otherwise more people will die than necessary on all sides so I don't think it's about softening and I would and I would be scared if being too litigious will result in um, in people being afraid to do their job, which is to weed out the weak. So again, I think it is very useful to put on our permaculture designer hat here, our permaculture design beret, and think about 99 hours of design, one hour of work, not 99 hours of work after one hour of design and if 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 people are getting injured just to discover whether or not they had um, the physical or the psychological the whether they packed the gear to serve in the beloved core as it were I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what what exactly the physical um, equivalents would be, whether it's training in water or training on sand or basically having some sort of system that says this is what this is what the the optimal load is for this person's frame, and and that's that's how we're going to deploy them if they prove themselves to be useful and outstanding in other in other regards but but I I don't I don't pretend to have any any insight to to shed on on the physicality part of it but I will say on the psychological part of it because I have done this training and I've done this testing on myself that um the application of cannabis to discover where an individual's weaknesses are, where an individual's panic point is psychologically, that that gets revealed within 30 minutes of a moderate to 
a high dose, I mean, I, I mean that, that's, that's all relatively speaking, but let's just say anything above what you might call a microdose of edible cannabis, a cannabis butter product, a, a cannabis oil product where you, where you use heat in a solution of some form of coconut or other form of coconut is is what I what I have most experience with people have had uh have used other other types of oils which I have some experience with but I will speak from my experience and say coconut oil that is infused with cannabis leaf or flower uh, using various recipes, proportions, various degrees of heat over various degrees of time. There's all kinds of artisanship around that. But with the product, that the product you get with that is something you can, for me, that I've brushed my teeth with, that I have done oil pulling with, that I've done all kinds of uh, body work and massage with and use on the scalp and if, even one of my... One of my uh, naturalist, uh, herbalist, um, former partners said one of the most profound profound things about coconut oil. She said, "I can put it, I can put it pretty much everywhere. I won't say explicitly all of the words that she said about where she could put it, but it, it included, you know, places uh, below the waist and, and included the eyes, included the mouth, and some people have different." different results from applications in different places but and I'm not giving anyone any medical advice you would have to consult your 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 physician before doing anything that I'm talking about but but when she said that to me and I said yeah I've been using this in all these different ways and it is it is so, such a gift it's such a, such a profound thing um, and there is a big difference between being baked and vaping and smoking and what that does in terms of consuming cannabis uh, through the lungs, there's a big difference. I think everybody would agree. I don't think anyone would disagree that that there that it's night and day the difference. It's not. It's. I mean, there are similar aspects, but the the body experience, the body high versus the the head high they're very very different and 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 it's different for everybody and obviously it's different across the strains but what is pretty typical and even comedic across most anecdotal conversations you'll have with people who have that they they all remember the quote edible face where they they were tricked by how delicious the cookie or the candy or the the or the uh, the brownie was, and whereas my theory is that in order to train moderation with edibles because they are so powerful, they should be in very bitter and pungent and sour and spicy foods that you will not be tempted to eat more than the minimal effective dose. Sadly, there's this twisted conspiracy to put it in the most uh, binge-worthy 
delicious, delectable treats so that you overconsume and therefore end up regretting it very quickly. And my favorite uh, lament from the, the overconsumption of a sweet edible was from a friend who said, I'm thinking everything at once. <laughs> like that was their, that was their lament. And I, I thought that was, uh, it, it wasn't the most tortured sounding thing. It, it wasn't, it wasn't like sobbing and tears and crying, but it was, but it, it's in some ways it is, it, it does sound very torturous because, and I can, I can relate to that. I can relate to the, in my far less, um, shall we say, masterful earlier days when it wasn't a, a, a regular practice and it was a a very um very rare thing i would be more of a and i was never a daily smoker i never really had a budget set aside for it to be a part of my life cannabis for me throughout all of my life has had almost always been something where it where where if it was offered to me or gifted to me that was the only way it was my life i literally almost maybe on a i could almost count on one hand the amount of times i've paid for that medicine um before or after it's being legalized or decriminalized to whatever degree and i will say that I do talk about national security from time to time, and I will say that uh, it comes straight from the recruiter of the CIA, from the CIA's canonical podcast, the official podcast where it's been stated, and I'm, I may be paraphrasing, but to the effect of, for those interested in applying to the CIA, if you have maybe some experimentation of sorts, if you will, in your background, or maybe some file downloadings of sorts in your background, just stop before you apply. And and so without put it, without trying to quote verbatim, I will say that, uh, and also if you listen to Pod Save the World, you talk about dope smoking antics in the... Uh, you know what house and so <laughs> i don't know how far reaching it is we all know about the willie nelson story but that's about that's about as much as i want to say about anything that far on the east coast uh i'm here on the west coast and uh i'm going to keep it very west coast um but the point of all that is to say that uh this is um For me, I have not been excessive with this, and I have done most of my deep research after it became fully legitimate and legal for me to do my deep research, and still it costed me almost nothing because the bang for the buck that you get by taking the cannabis flower or leaf that you would have smoked or vaporized and to preserve it in an oil after being fully dried, of course, that's an important consideration because of certain potential um, uh, issues with uh, with with any for any any 
uh, water-loving microorganisms not being killed by by the heat of dehydration, the process of dehydration. It's important to dry all herbs before they go into any oils. Just side note. But um, but by doing that, the mileage that you get out of not smoking it or vaporizing it, to me, now I see that not only is very undesirable as a state of mind that I want to be in because it's so debilitating to me to function doing anything in that mode. And of course, disclaimer, no operation whatsoever of motor vehicles or heavy equipment under any amount of influence of these substances is ever legal or advisable, period. So when I say tactical permaculture, I'm not talking about the soldiers in Vietnam who are blade. That that's that's not my domain to talk about what about the operation of deadly weapons under the under the influence. That's not that's not my interest in having this conversation. My interest in sharing these thoughts is that training and weeding out the weak, the psychologically weak. I mean, what if um, uh, what if the drill sergeant Hartman in Full Metal Jacket gave uh, Private Gomer Pyle uh, cannabis until? Okay, what what if he said? What if he put a can? What if he put cannabis in his jelly donut, and then the dude just dropped out and quit the next day? I I actually don't remember now whether or not. He was a, he would he was drafted or he was a volunteer, but I, it, it only it could only it could only make sense that he was drafted and not a volunteer. But if anybody knows, please please uh, please do let me know because that seems like it's it's something that I that that it would make a big difference. Anyway, I don't want to get into movie trivia, but. The point being, you know if somebody has is weak, if during a, an edible, um, a heroic dose of a cannabis edible, they panic, they go and they go fetal, curl into a ball, lose their mind, and 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 basically revert into a state of infantile terror and I've been there believe me I can speak about it I have people who've witnessed it and I wouldn't be panicking and screaming and flailing and crying or being curled up totally fetal in a ball maybe somewhat but mainly just being completely silent but what was going on internally in those early experiences was that what what that person said i'm thinking everything at once but that i think that was their way of saying what i might say a little more nuanced is that is that i'm i'm going through this sort of um uh file scanning on my 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 deep subconscious hard drive and whereas in my default mode network of my brain in my workaday world in the ego construct that I am getting by with to just 
drive and get from one place, get from point A to point B, pay bills, maybe be in a relationship, maybe hold down a job, maybe stay out of trouble, maybe just survive in the the concrete jungle. That 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 very thin layer of consciousness that is dwarfed by the size and the depth and the scope of the subconscious mind that the cannabis experience the edible cannabis experience often vastly more so for some reason than the smoked experience which just just seems like if you smoke too much maybe you get paranoid but probably you just get so dumb that you just you just become inoperable but the edible experience i think i I know for myself and i think for a lot of people takes them almost into a entheogenic uh, altered state where they're being shown things and they're being taken on a, a journey through the subconscious where there's a an internal inquiry, an internal inquest as to what faulty assumptions your default your, your your default mode network is really operating on. Like what faulty logic based on bad intentions or ill will or unquestioned reactive knee-jerk emotional patterns basically the shadow right the Jungian shadow and you're you're in the swamp of your Jungian shadow and you're physically sort of tenderized to the point where you can't just very easily get up and go be distracted doing something and you're just in it you're just so in it and now that that barrier which does get does get pierced and 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 traversed by other entheogens, of course, but but cannabis is uh, I say generally less of a uh, of a risk than than other entheogens, which may be far more um, visually terrifying in that process of confronting the shadow. So cannabis, not yeah, it's a gateway drug, but not. In the, but I'm saying that not in the way that the Dare program was saying it. I'm saying it in the way of the positive sense that yes, it's a gateway drug, and 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 thank God and thank Goddess that it is, because that's where you can train up, and that's where you can skill build, and you won't, you will feel your demons, but you will be spared the terror and horror of seeing them the way that other entheogens that that affect more of the visual cortex if you will um i could say third eye but i'm not gonna say third eye but i did say third eye if you if you if you know what i mean but uh but it's it's so important to think about these gates because if the gateway drug of cannabis into an exploration a sort of um, getting strapped in and locked into a roller coaster ride into the into the the not so fun house into the the haunted house. I remember going on haunted house amusement park rides, where it was just like getting on a roller coaster. You were locked into that seat, and then you went through pretty terrifying experience of a roller coaster haunted house, if you will. So let's think of it like that. 
the gateway drug that gives you that experience of internal journeying into the shadow, it's like going through a haunted house with a blindfold versus going into a haunted house without a blindfold. That's the difference between the gateway drug experience of a cannabis internal shadow journey and a let's shall we say mescaline or or psilocybin or or dimethyltryptamine or tryptamine based um or uh, or ergot based uh lysergic acid dithylamide based if i'm even remembering how to say that right all the different all of the different uh spirit molecules if you will those tend to rip that blindfold off but the beauty of cannabis is that it kind of leaves it on for you it's not so highly potentially re-traumatizing because of all the visuals that happen so i think that cannabis work is an important initiatory gateway filter selection tool not only for um the so-called neo-shamanic path of of spiritual warriors but also for for combat on the physical plane so combat on the astral plane it's very useful tool for training and combat on the physical plane i would have to defer to the combat veterans who know better than i do because i'm a civilian and i've never been licensed to kill in that way or licensed to defend with that type of, um, well, with uh, with weapons uh, past a certain civilian grade, shall we say. But if we're talking about for any filtering process to determine who is a strong-hearted, strong-minded, strong-willed, brave, erect spine, not going to crumple up like a tin can or curl up into a little ball and go fetal in the face of any adversity, I would rather know that someone entering a group environment, a team environment where it's high stakes and high risks and danger and people's lives are on the line, whatever that activity may be, it could be the fire department. Maybe the fire department doesn't let you on unless you pass a edible cannabis bravery test. And maybe they already do and it's just called hazing, right? <laughs> but I think officially, and I'm not running for any office to, or I'm not writing any laws to try to mandate this but I think there should be space for research in this area and possibly a a college of war dedicated to entheogens uh, dedicated to cannabis that would be a, a, a tactical permaculture um 
zone to to design within is and yeah there were things like project jedi and 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 other experiments that were done i mean even mk ultra but i don't think that i'm not that was a totally different intention and outcome that they were trying to achieve But there's a few ways that this can evolve and develop, which is that you could say that, oh, well, I mean, there are people right now who are former Green Berets that have online academies for the next generation to train as hard as they can with the tutelage of former Green Berets and former Rangers who have... um, who know the courses, who survived them and passed them, and without giving up secrets that would be uh, traitorous or that that would be um, uh, weakening our national security, they're doing it within their 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 uh, agreements to 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 keep our secrets, uh, but they're. They're teaching the mindset and the fitness and the the types of running you have to do, the types of weight you would have to train with in a rucksack. All kinds of all everything you can you can um, prepare for before these qualification courses. You have graduates of the courses and and former veterans or, or sorry. Um, veterans who were former rangers and green berets who were actually teaching this to the civilians who want to go and they want to pass so i see a world where or in the world i see to put it in the phraseology of uh, tyler durden in the world i see if you show up to your gateway drug cannabis edible personhood test do you have your person card you don't you don't have your person card if you don't do your cannabis test and you do your cannabis test before you are ever given a weapon or before we put back breaking and bone crushing weight on your back we need to know what you're made of psychologically whether or not you're going to lose your mind under pressure and we can probably save our vocal cords a little bit and a little bit of our spittle not have to scream in your face so much to determine whether or not you pack the gear psychologically as it were and I know I mean in the ecological movement if that's where I come from ecological warrior movement we're big on ceremony and i know the military and all of its branches all throughout the world they're very big on ceremony they're very big on it so why not craft a ceremony of initiation where this obstacle course of 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 ingesting cannabis and doing the math and having physicians on site and who are capable of 
doing very meticulous work to try to do their best, make a best effort with their duty of care to ensure that the doses are appropriate and to do appropriate screening for things like schizophrenia and bipolar and other other issues that can be um, triggered by this. But this is part of that discovery process. I mean, if Private Pile wasn't just a bullied sort of um, outsider who was slightly, slightly overweight, but he was actually a ticking time, you know what, psychologically, and he wasn't fit to serve because he was going to become a Section 8 no matter what, cannabis would be a tool to discover that more so than a questionnaire where everybody can bullshit whether or not they hear voices, whether or not they've had urges to kill or harm themselves or others or, you know, all the things that are that are out of the DSM, all of the psychological, uh, psychiatric screening questionnaires and whatnot. People can bullshit that knowing that they're lying or they could... They could bullshit it without knowing that they're lying, but either way, there is one guaranteed way to know whether or not someone is going to crack. And it's not been, to my knowledge, very well studied in a, in a tactical context, which is cannabis left of bang. Not, not necessarily at the bang which is which is another area of study that could be explored obviously and not right of the bang where most of the exploration and study is happening now but i'm talking left of bang cannabis research most significantly to save people's physical bodies and filter out the weak minds and the potentially um, sadly, unfortunately, uh, uh, debilitated, if not deranged minds using the cannab- using cannabis ceremony as a filter to weed out the weak. And I know it does, it's not, I, I know from experience that you can't judge somebody you can't judge somebody's strength based on only one one and only exposure to that experience because I think it will make a crying fetal mess out of almost anybody no matter how tough of a tough guy or gal you think you are. That first time, there's nothing else in life that could have prepared you for it. I guarantee that. And it takes a relationship with the spirit of the plant over time to create a peace treaty internally between those forces within you that would push all of your shadow material in your face, albeit blindfolded, or the third eye being blindfolded, rather. But continual exposure over time, and for me it's been over the course of many years, I mean, about, I would say, almost 10 years to where it's been a part of my life uh, ceremonially uh, to where I feel 
that uh, I found a, a proper balance where the physical uh, alleviation of physical aches and pains from being an a, a, a eco-warrior who's got my hands, who sacrifices my back on a daily basis to do the good work of healing the land and fortifying the land, that cannabis is is helping me suffer through, or helping me alleviate suffering and survive and soldier on through the pain, knowing that I have respite in the hands of this medicine, um, knowing that it can be applied internally and externally and, and whatnot, that is a force multiplier. It allows me to continue to 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 in the face of pain, continue to function. That's tactical. <laughs> and also the, and, and most importantly, or equally, if not more importantly, the psychological aspect, I would be able to speak from experience and say, those early phases of confronting the garbage that has piled up, the thing that you do over the course of a ceremonial practice, over the course of however long it takes, <laughs> to be quite honest, is you start you start sorting through that garbage, psychic garbage. You start, and you start be, do, performing sanitation services within your own shadow. And eventually you get to a point where it's more, it's, you have more clarity than confusion. And, uh, or I have achieved that personally. And I and I will find greater and deeper insights if I up the dosage fearlessly, bravely up the dosage in order to then go for more um, deep sea fishing for, for more profound insights and ideas because I cleaned up the trash. I cleaned up all of the mess and if there's mess to clean up then that will appear and I will have the tools to, to deal with it but it will likely be less it won't be a lifetime or lifetimes of accumulated mess I've already worked through that so it's fresh mess that's smaller and easier to deal with and once that's dealt with then it's deeper insights and I will say that the this moment that I'm sharing with you right now it is the, the fruit of a moment where I, I broke down at the end of my form of, of my, my previous online persona, the end of my, my, my previous brand that I, I kind of broke up with <laughs> in a way, commercially and spiritually and, and whatnot. Artistically, I kind of broke up with my previous brand and was in a state of being a, a bit distraught and feeling kind of stuck and creatively and financially and 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 I I was consuming cannabis daily to deal with pains and actually slow myself down because I had some lacerations uh, some pretty nasty lacerations all over uh my hands from this epic mission that I will uh I spoke about previously but I said to myself I'm going to get deeply infected and I'm going to be it's going to be a problem if I don't use this medicine to slow myself down. So I slowed myself down, and for the first time ever, I was matching nighttime doses with morning doses. And we're talking about, like, when you used to 
get a, a spoonful of uh, cough syrup. That's kind of how I do my, you know, various degrees of potency ganja infused coconut oil just by the by the, the teaspoon. So yeah, obviously it depends on 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 the potency of the the ratio and the darkness of the of the oil, if you will, is what it comes down to, really. But a teaspoon in the morning, a teaspoon at night, and uh, and there was a day that I said to myself, I need answers that come from a deeper place than my conscious ego. I'm looking for direction. I need guidance. I'm going to ask for guidance. And so I'm going to, I'm going to double my dose during the day. And and I was frustrated and, and, and feeling not necessarily lost, but just lacking guidance. And I felt like, what do I need to do next? What's the best application of all of my life energy and all of my studies? And I have financial freedom now. I'm free from from um, being a renter. I'm free from being an employee. I'm a landowner and I'm and I work for myself doing whatever I feel like. And I don't know if what I feel like doing is going to provide me with fresh income. And I, I do need kind of a little bit to just hum along now in my financially free early retirement paradise that I've created. I want to sustain that. I need a little bit of fresh income to do it. So what am I going to do next now that I've dissolved essentially my previous brand which was bringing in revenue but that I wasn't wanting to to sustain for various reasons and right after I took that second dose almost like I didn't even have to it came to me my direction my marching orders for the, this next chapter of my life which involves this show right now and it said the voice or the, it wasn't like a, I mean, I don't want to be as grandiose as to say that I heard a voice, but the linguistically structured thought form insight, if you will, the teletype, the Morse code, whatever it was, whatever you want to call it, the message was, the message was in a, in a, in a linguistic format, it was build tools that's what you should be doing you should be building tools and that immediately i knew what that meant because i had just spent the last several months really getting uh really getting down fundamentals of writing in the in in the in the computer software code languages of python and javascript to where I felt like now I finally understand how infinite the possibilities are once you understand these, the deep core fundamentals of computer science and data structures and the way that across all the code languages there's different, different dialects basically, I guess is one way to put it. There's different dialects of data structures and how you write functions and how you write how you you end a line how you start a line and what what a curly 
bracket does and what a, a, a square bracket does and what a semicolon does and all of these things that vary across code languages. And once you become somewhat literate, I don't want to say I'm fluent, but I'm literate across a few languages more so than ever. And now I think of solving a problem that involves information or display of any kind graphically or teaching anything building simulators to teach anything and i think i i now now i now know that if i can't build it if i can't design a a a a plan to write the software to 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 build an application that solves a problem or creates a a tool that i can conceive of if I can't do that already with the skills and knowledge I have, then I can, then I can, then I have the the wherewithal now, and the vocabulary now, and the sort of um, enough experience to be able to not be intimidated by the process of learning new things that I don't know and constantly evolving and expanding that. So that was that was the for me the tactical permaculture weeding out my weakness which which was becoming distraught over over kind of quitting my my old job that I hired myself to do <laughs> and then being a little being a little bit distraught and being unemployed from my own business and in the face of that tactically maneuvering with the help of cannabis to discover that my mission is to build tools, which I have been doing. And now I do say I have a bit, of, I take pride in my work and it's works in progress. I, I'd say they have a lot of room to grow, but they're out there. They're on my website and they're proof. I'm living proof that you can grow beyond the, the chrysalis and the metamorphosis of becoming a edible cannabis caterpillar to an edible cannabis butterfly that grows your wings. As you go into that fetal cocoon of your early edible cannabis experiences, and if you don't give up there and you have the bravery and the and you pack the gear, then you will or I will say I'm I, I'm one example of someone who has who has transcended that uh, the place where a lot of people turn back and never go again, and um, and that's good for them. And I don't want to, and I wouldn't push anybody further. Just like I hear about the way they teach those qualification course, obstacle courses, and 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 ruck runs and and whatnot, the instructors will be there alongside you, and I'll just say, "Hey, wow, you're." You're throwing up. You're gagging. You're puking. You're sweating. You're you got blisters. Uh, you can't move. You're shaking. Do you want to quit? Are you ready to quit? You want to quit today? You want to quit tomorrow? And it's the people who, of their own volition, whatever it is that they discover, that they find, that they that they reach into their bowels, their guts, their heart, and they just and they say no. I'm not a quitter. I'm going to keep going. The ones that don't end up crippled for life, that keep going and they make it, 
Well, that's why there's the, a, a very there's that's why there's very, a very small percentage of the world population who gets into those into those teams. There's very few people who are willing to go all the way, and very few people are physically capable of going all the way. The ones that get lucky physically by not being destroyed by the course and the ones that did the work beforehand to be less likely to be physically ruined by it and and more likely to be psychologically prepared i think where where there's interesting edge to explore is is where you you see what can be accomplished explore what can be accomplished by the application of of edible cannabis to weed out the weak in in all sectors of life with the caveat that it's not to be coercive and not to be forced upon someone, but rather to be a gradient over time and ideally something that people would, just like I said earlier about the, about people training up before the qualification course, before making sure that they know what's going to be asked of them, studying before the exam, right? So study yourself if you dare and possibly consult whoever you need to consult. And I I know nothing about preparing anyone to join any force in the military, but I know that I've always been a member of paramilitary forces and we have always had hazing and we've always had those among us who keep competitive traditions alive and those and and, and I know all of us just because it is part and parcel it is it goes with a territory in the ecological in the eco-warrior movement It was just the culture. It was the ambiance. If you weren't, if you couldn't hold down your liquor and hold down your cannabis, you were not going to bond deeply with your fellow potential fellow eco warriors who could smoke and drink and 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 eat edible cannabis, uh, all do all those things and put you under the table that you would just be laughed at. You would be weeded out because you would be considered unfit to serve on the front lines. And, of course, I respect the straight-edge folks who resisted and rebelled all of that, but I come from the more, I would say, uh, <laughs> the more adventurous from those from those realms. But... Uh, yeah, it's probably a good place to wrap. And I just had to seize the opportunity to play with that play on words. And it, and if it hasn't been, if if it's if this treatment has been done already, please share it with me. And I hope that this is complementary to any to any other work that has attempted to have fun with the idea that weeding out the weak is uh has a double has a has a double meaning and uh (laughs) 
Yeah, I think it, I think it has potential. So I'm going to certainly continually, personally, weed out my weaknesses with this path, and and I will certainly, for ongoing, whenever I'm responsible for the development of someone else who aspires to cultivate any of what I have personally cultivated internally that is uh, that there will be they say eat your uh, asparagus before you eat your ice cream right if everybody wants the the more um, shall we say sparkly roller coaster rides into the fun house i'm going i would withhold those experiences as a mentor or a guide until after quite a bit of cannabis work was done because turning back from the results of a ill-fated cannabis path or trying to walk the cannabis the edible cannabis path and then deciding that you that you don't pack the gear turning back before the point of no return which is other gateways into other dimensions with other substances it's better to have to, to to know that you're not cut out for any of these paths through that gateway so it's the again a constructive use of that gateway drug concept is to say yeah maybe you go through this gateway and and you and you don't go through the next one because of what you learn about yourself going through this gateway and it's no joke that it can stir up the latent potential for people with clinically diagnosable yet phantom there are no biomarkers that are discovered that have been discovered yet to my knowledge that would make it so you prick your thumb and you know whether or not you should ever touch cannabis or any other entheogens because you were genetically predisposed to bipolar, schizophrenia, OCD, anything else. People in the entheogenic movements, whether above ground or underground, all know the importance of pre-screening, but usually it's just a written self-evaluation because there are no biomarker blood tests yet for the for an individual's propensity to have a uh, a cannabis or entheogen induced um, onset of 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 those conditions but i would 10 times out of 10, rather it be a mild edible cannabis test that reveals that there are issues that, sh- that, that, should, that, that, that an individual should be instructed that they need to turn back and that they can't qualify to proceed. I would rather it be cannabis than something far more mind-blowing where you can't put the lid back on after that. I think with cannabis, 
it's a lot easier to put the lid back on someone's mind than it is with a lot of other things. And a lot of people leapfrog over a more a deeper cannabis practice and they leapfrog into things that are far more dangerous. So again, <laughs> somewhere in between MK Ultra, Project Jedi, and uh the activism that veterans are doing to 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 get the right to be healed by cannabis and entheogens right of the bang. Hopefully we sort all this out and hopefully we uh, take good care of ourselves and each other and be good be good horticulturalists all along the way. Cheers. Oh.